you guessed it, pressure points with the two best financial teachers in the district. I'm D, and this is AJ. We're coming at you with season two, episode 20, Building Wealth Part One. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at points o pressure. Let's get to it. Welcome to Pressure Points. Step one of part one, seize the means of productions. <laughs> Join us, comrades. Oh, I almost spilled my coffee. <laughs> oh, man, we've got an adventure for you today. We're going to be teaching you the most foolproof way to make a quick buck at the expense of anyone inside the bank. <laughs> We're talking about heist, baby. Not all of mine happen in banks. Oh, well, both of mine do. Well, no, only one of mine does. But regardless, that's a good way to make cash quick. Rob a fucking bank. (laughs) Bank owners hate this guy. It's a dude with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) To clarify, our lawyer wants us to to really point out we're being sarcastic here. And in no way, in any circumstance, should you ever rob a bank. Especially don't tell them that we told you to do it to find wealth we also didn't do like a step-by-step guide yeah no not at all so (laughs) what have you been up to the last last couple last week not couple of weeks last week what you been up to well not a lot coronavirus is still happening waiting for the second round to start you know got a lot of beans and rice in my cupboard (laughs) round two fight oh yeah looking forward to that and then round three during the winter but uh the store's been doing well Thanks for everybody who clicked through the links and are checking it out. Like, we super appreciate it. We're going to put the links in all of our episodes now, so you have to keep looking at them. Always. You have to keep looking at We're them. We're just going to beat it into your mind. Oh, there, there is something else that I kind of put forward a couple of weeks ago, but I never told anybody about it because I keep forgetting. There's <laughs> nothing huge that we're, like, doing. But if you go through the link on our Instagram or in our Twitter, you'll go to our, our main, like, page that we've been using. Um, and there's a little email form that you can put your little, your email address in there. And if you do, when we have discount codes, I might start emailing them out so oh, that okay. you, you get them before, like before we have to shut them down. Cause if too many people use them, like little, there's a limit. Little to how premium many people can package use so there. if you, if your emails on there, you'll get them early. Oh, nice. So like, you'll have a couple more days to do it or sign me it, up. I mean, you should. I'm the only one who signed up for it. <laughs> I just found out about it. Yeah, I forgot to tell everybody. So go go check that out. It's a little, just a little email capture. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll find if it. If you event. want. You'll find it eventually. Just, uh, just click on it. all of our episodes, you know, listen to them if you need to, but you'll find it. I swear. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it only unlocks once you've listened to every episode three times. After you pump those fucking numbers oh, up, yeah. baby. Oh, yeah. But we won't, we're not going to like, we don't have a newsletter. We're not sending oh, you yeah. God, weekly no. emails with all our updates. Nothing like that. It'll be mostly for, hey, here's a discount code. Thanks for supporting us once in a while. If we ever sound a, send out a newsletter, I give you full permission to send us hate mail. And like the meanest shit that you can think of. Please do it. Firebomb me. Please. I deserve it. Yeah. Dump all over AJ because it would be his shitty idea. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Everything's my shitty idea (laughs) until it's successful. Until it's it's my great idea. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So what you got on the table for me first? Oh, yeah. All right. Heists. I've got you. 
Steely Boys. The world-renowned. Ooh. Women want him. Men want to be him. James Allen. James Allen. He did everything right. He gathered his supplies. He didn't want to hurt anybody. He got a fake gun that looked legit. He got a, you know, a ski mask, a baklava, bal- balaklava. <laughs> baklava. A baklava. <laughs> a balaklava. He scoped out the location about a week before. He knew the plans of this building, the blueprints, committed to his memory. Oh, he had God. the perfect escape. He was robbing what's the UK version of an indoor newspaper stand. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what? It was time to move. Back up. He So he's come up with this amazing idea to rob a newspaper stand. Yeah. Okay. They got money. Right. They got cashiers. I mean, okay. All right. I was expecting something bigger. With just wait. Like just just wait. You don't know up. if right, this right, is a right, front for right. Bob Money I won't or judge anything. you. I won't judge you. You don't know what this is. <laughs> None would be the wiser. He went in according to his plan. He held up the cashier. Extremely smoothly. <laughs> smoothly. Pulling out the gun. Extremely smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> Shouting, give me the money. I'll blow your fucking brains out or something like that. I just made that up. <laughs> for some reason... At this point, after he got the money, he looked up, uh, he uh, pulled his mask off of his face oh, and then looked up at a camera, ass. realizing that he just took it off in front of the camera, putting it back over his face. <laughs> God damn he removed his mask. <laughs> then oh, he started to make for the exit where he tripped on a drink display stand. Oh, God, no, you got to be smooth, man. You got to keep your cool. <laughs> He got stuck at the exit because he kept trying to push out the pole door. Oh, James. He was shaking and pushing on this door. James, Until the no. lady who he just held up came over and pulled the door open for him. <laughs> She's like, please, just, I feel so bad for you and just opens the door. <laughs> In spite of all of this, he was caught very soon afterward. Oh, really? Less than $100. I am so surprised. <laughs> God damn it. I just wanted to start this off with a really oh, good caper. God. That is pure gold. Like Perfect. The biggest botched heist in history. <laughs> I mean, it was botched from the beginning when he decided to rob a newsstand. <laughs> really? Like, what no. the hell? I just, I wish that it had all started with, he holds the gun in that lady's face, says, give me your fucking money. And she looks him right in the eyes and says, I work at a fucking newsstand. Please shoot me. Like, <laughs> that would throw him for a loop hardcore. Yeah, more than he already was. <laughs> yeah, God, poor James. There's, uh, there are pictures on the internet of him, like, when he tripped <laughs> and oh, him taking off the mask. When was that? 2000s. Oh, my God. I didn't God. write down the date, but it was in the 2000s, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll put up a picture of him looking Maybe. like a fucking idiot. I should. I'll, I'll write that down. I'll try to remember. <laughs> That's so great. What oh. else you got? Hit me with oh yeah, one. oh yeah! I'm doing, I'm doing uh, with two. another one. I I'm got doing a, two. Yeah, okay. I got, a, I got a big one that I'll, I'll get. I got a bunch of small ones. So let's see. <laughs> King James, man. This one's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Because we know almost nothing about him. Oh, all right. In 2010, a team of heisters—I'm going to call them heisters—somehow <laughs> tunneled under a bank in Paris and robbed op- and busted open over a hundred deposit boxes. 
Oh my God. It's impossible to know how much value there was in those things that they stole mm. because they were all from extremely wealthy clients. <laughs> Jesus. But they got away scot-free. Like this really? bank has everything from caught? motion sensors, uh, you know, armed security guards, biometrics and analog like locks. Like this is one of the, one of the more secure banks, at least in France. And uh, like they went in and went out. They have no, no idea problems. how they created the tunnels. The tunnels were sturdy, but it's not like they didn't have supports. Yeah. They, it was like they had a mini like machine borer that you use for mining yeah. that just went in. But at the <laughs> same time, those things put off a lot of vibration. Nobody yeah. felt vibrations. They even had things like that to make sure nobody was like chiseling through the wall. Yeah. And they were able to just sneak right on in. Good Lord. No That's idea solid. how they did it. How but much did they get away with? Uh, we don't, we don't know. Oh, it was just, those the, deposit it was boxes, just the deposit It was all boxes? private, but oh, they're from okay. very wealthy people. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine it's in Paris. Damn. Uh, A couple months later, almost the exact same crime was committed at a smaller bank. And yeah, they have no idea how they dug the tunnels. Like (laughs) it would have taken months for people to dig those tunnels. They never found like the fill dirt. They never found. It was Jeff Bezos. That's how he came out of nothing. Yeah. He just showed up all of a sudden with billions. That's what it was. That's my money. That's it. Definitely. Jeff. This was in 2010, but yeah. Yeah. He came out of nowhere, man. Did he? I mean, not really. Yeah. He built up, but I'm blaming him. I'm going to blame him. I blame him for most things. Yeah, it was Bezos. Interpol? (laughs) It's Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Click. It's Jeff. I know it is. (laughs) Well, I just thought that one was really cool. That one is super short, but. Boys, we got it. I thought it was cool. I like tunnelers. I got, in that case, this, uh, this one I have. I was worried when you started saying it. I was like, oh, fuck, did he. Do we do the same one? But no, no, we didn't. You told me which ones to not do. Yeah, mine is. It's. I'll get into it. So, <clears throat> in 2006 in Rio de Janeiro, um, a little history of what was going on in Argentina. So they over like years leading up to that, uh, the banks had failed, and what were middle class families like? Basically, everybody just got fucked over by the banks because their money was gone. It was just like gone, disappeared. Economy failed, went to shit. Nobody had money. And so what a lot of people started doing was they would rob banks as kind of like a fuck you for ruining my life kind of thing. So everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people in Argentina had a sour taste in their mouth when it came to banks. So in 2006, uh, there was a group of six guys that one of them in total stoner. He was he was like the leader of the of the crew. Of uh, course, you related to. Yeah, this one. I know. I was like, oh, sign me up. Um, he came up with the idea and was like, hey, I'm gonna get a crew of like two buddies and a really well known thief that nobody can get their hands on, and a few other people like an engineer. We're gonna rob. A bank in Rio de Janeiro. So he comes up with this elaborate plan, and I'll get into it. But um, when <laughs> so bank starts like getting robbed, I guess is the best way to put it. And they had taken twenty three hostages. Uh, now the police had showed up, and as soon as the police showed up, the security guard for the bank like stumbles out of the building, and they're like, "Where's your gun?" And he's like, oh, it's inside. 
So the thieves had taken her. They taken. They made sure there weren't any any guns on anybody else. And on the security guard, they had put his bullets in his front pocket. <laughs> he had emptied his clip and just put the bullets in his front pocket. And they're like, "Get out of here!" So they release him, and then. The police are doing negotiations. They're like, hey, send send hostages out. So every once in a while, these guys would send out a hostage. Now, the thing is, this was all part of his grand scheme. He wanted the police to believe that they were cooperating to buy themselves time. They're like, we're going to take everybody hostage. We'll send out a couple so that the police are like, all right, well, let's not go in and like, kill anybody. We can still catch these guys. Meanwhile down in the basement these guys are just tearing through safety deposit boxes they're clearing out the the cash registers they're going into the safe and getting cash from from the safe they're uh, they're payday two in it yeah like they're doing a phenomenal job when i was reading this i was like holy shit these guys are geniuses there's one solid slip up and you're like you fucking idiots so one of the things that they they did uh before they left the building is they requested that pizza is ordered and delivered to the bank so that they can feed the hostages. So how <laughs> how how nice of them. I know. So these thieves ordered the cops are like, "Hey, bring us pizza." Can you imagine being on a force and you're like, "I like first day, you're like, "Oh my god, bank robbery, let's fucking do this." And you go and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, uh yeah, bring us pizza." And they turn to you they're like, Jones, go pick up pizza. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, this isn't why I joined first the force. Day, you're, you're a pizza delivery boy on the police force. Worst <laughs> day ever. So when the police finally got inside, um, oh, no, I forgot about this. So they sang happy birthday to one of the tellers because it was How a birthday nice. that day. I know. These guys are so great. These guys, these guys are bros. Yeah, like, they're it's awesome. not that They understand it's not the teller's fault that the economy <laughs> crashed. Yeah. They understand like, that it's not the cop's fault. They're they like, we hate money. the banks, not you. So they sing happy birthday to this girl. And so things quiet down and the police are like, we haven't heard from him in a while. So they go inside and inside there's a note taped to the wall and below it, four guns are just neatly placed below (laughs) all toy guns. And on the note, it says in a neighborhood of rich people without weapons or grudges, it's just money, not love. (laughs) It's just like, you sons of bitches. They're like, like the whole title of all of it was, we take money, not love. It was like, okay, I can respect this. You guys are all right. I'll roll with it. Um, So when they first arrived, uh, there was a car outside that had blinkers. Or blinkers, fucking, why can't I think of the word? Hazards? Hazards, yeah. You turned his hazards on and the back was full of like nails and oil. And, like, there were a couple more fake guns in there that the police was kind of to throw the police off. Like, oh, hey, keep an eye on that car, but we're not going to touch it. So police are watching that car, but they should have been watching the basement. So weeks and weeks and weeks before, we're going to do a little throwback. So a oh, couple I hate weeks these before. Where you start at the end and yeah, then I go know, back. Yeah, I know, right? I'm a piece Ugh. of shit. So, I hate these storytelling plot devices. Shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple weeks before, uh, this stoner mastermind had I'm so glad that you did that that was quite the production placing Mm. your couple there (laughs) (laughs) so this stoner mastermind had reached out to his engineer friend and he said hey 
You're I, an enginer. I have an I have an idea. So he explains to him, I need you to make a hydraulic shovel. And this guy's like, uh, okay, like whatever. And then he kind of lets him in on it because they've been friends with they've been friends since they were kids. So he lets him in on it and He's all, oh, okay, yeah, we'll just rob this fucking bank, whatever. Like, I have kids at home. No big deal. No problem. <laughs> so he makes a hydraulic shovel. And this guy goes to, like, right outside the bank, and he's trying to figure out how to measure from the sewage system to the bottom of the bank. He's like, there's got to be a way that I can generate the angle so that I can dig the right angle from the sewage system and get into the bank. So he takes off his bike, his bike tire, marks it, and then he just rolls it over <laughs> to the bank. He just rolls it to the bank, and he figures out, oh, it's this many feet. So using Pythagorean theorem, he determines that he needs to do it at this angle. And the day of the heist, they like pull this car down. They block out the. Uh, they block the the basement door in the garage to get in. They block it uh, so the police can't come in. And then they've dug all the way up to the cement on the foundation, like right outside the bank. And uh, as soon as he gets his little walkie-talkie call, they're like, hey, go for it. And so he drills through the cement while all the shit's going on upstairs. And they're thinking, oh, they're just taking care of what's upstairs. So this guy breaks through the breaks through the wall and runs down the hall, gets into the safety deposit box room, and he also had his friend make like a jackhammer lock press that it just crushes the lock on these safety deposit boxes. And they cleared out 143 of 400 safety deposit Holy boxes. Shit. They have no idea how much money was taken in that, but they estimated like that in total they took like $8 million, I think. Or it was like, it was a shit ton. Or maybe it was $60 million. I don't remember. Whatever. <laughs> it was $8 million in uh, jewelry and then like $60 million total. So he's breaking through all these safety deposit boxes. And um, as soon as he finishes, they all run downstairs and they've got these bags. They're just throwing in through this tunnel into a boat that's like down the tunnel into the sewage system. So they're throwing him down into the boat. Everybody hops through, but two guys. Now, two of the guys had gone to a butcher shop a few weeks earlier, and they're taking out hair, and they're just sprinkling it on the carpet in that little room where they had broken the, the door or broken a hole through the wall because they're like, oh, like, good fucking luck finding us when there are 400 different hair samples here. Oh, I thought you said a butcher shop for a second. I was like, why is there hair no, at they, the butcher shop? Yeah, they, they had gone to the butcher shop and picked up remaining slices of hair. That was on the meat. Yeah, yeah. slices, not, not slices, sorry. That was whatever. They're picking up pieces of hair and they're dropping them all okay. over the bottom of this bank. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. I was really Just confused. Just to throw off the police, my bad. So they drop all this hair and... They hop back into the the hole in the wall and they just pull the cabinet back up to the wall and go down and hop into the sewage system uh, boat, which this blew my mind. So when they were coming up with the idea of taking the boat from below the bank out to like an outlet by a lake or whatever, where they had their truck, their truck parked, they realized that it wasn't deep enough for the boat. So 
towards the end of where they needed to get to, they built a makeshift dam and basically flooded the, the sewage system so that it was deeper so that they could drive their boat through there. Damn. I know. And of course, their boat engine gives out. What? I know. Everything went great. However, the guy that was planning it had packed oars. So he hands everybody an oar. He's Thank like, let's goodness. get the hell out of here. So they paddle. They get out of there. They get to the truck where another guy's waiting. Hop in the truck. And they get get as far away as possible, which, I mean, I don't know how far they went, but far enough that they weren't looking for people in a sewage system and in the truck. Now, police go down and they're like, where the fuck did these guys go? Like, where is everybody? We have this place surrounded. Right? Uh, And they had vacuumed where the cement had fallen in. He had done his best to break the wall in towards himself. And, like, everything was done so perfectly. So the police end up finding – I have no idea how they figured it out, but they found the, the shaft to the tunnel a while later. And they're like, oh, what the hell? So they, like, investigate it. And let's see, I lost my place. But over the next few days, because they they just went back to their daily life. So like, yeah, whatever, we'll do our normal thing. But over the next few days, they had stolen credit cards from people in the bank. And they're dropping the cards throughout the city, just randomly. They'll throw them in the gutter. And then somebody, like some 12-year-old walks past, he has a credit card, and he's like, oh, hell yeah. And he picks it up, and he goes and uses it. It alerts them. The police go to that kid's house. They're like, hey, what are you doing with this stolen credit card that was at the that was at the bank? And the kid's like, I don't know. I found it in the gutter. That's pretty So they've smart, done actually. this, and like, they're just throwing people. Like, they did the hair thing to, to yeah, distract them. They did it with the credit cards. It's phenomenal. I'm reading this. I was like, these guys are fucking geniuses. So five weeks after the heist, they've gotten away for five weeks. And this guy named Beto, who he he wasn't the leader, but he played a really big part of it. Uh, he's driving with his wife. And <clears throat> they get pulled over and he was interviewed and he was like, oh, yeah, like shit, shit, shit. They, they know it's going to be me. And he's like, oh, God, this is what it's about. So they come up to the window. They're like, oh, you know why I pulled you over? And his wife goes, <laughs> she turns and she says, yeah. He did the heist, and he was planning on running away with his girlfriend. And he's like, what the fuck? Because she knew that he had been cheating on her for a <laughs> long time. Now, when he had first brought the money back to the house, uh, they were planning on moving. He was, like, getting things ready to escape. He says he wasn't going to escape with his girlfriend, but he was getting the money together, and he was like, a substantial amount is missing. And he approached her about it, and she was like, I didn't take any of your fucking stolen money, and gets all mad at him and everything. And so they were already kind of like at each other's throat. So they get pulled over and she just throws him under the bus immediately. <laughs> they had been meeting at Beto's house. Like they met at his place to do all their planning, to build the jackhammer, to build the, the oh, hydraulic no. shovel. And so she is just like, I can give you names and faces if I don't get prosecuted. And they're like, yep. You got it. Plus you have that missing amount of money that's stashed away (laughs) somewhere. She's throwing everybody under the bus. One guy, however, she had never seen him because he joined later and he didn't have anything to do with like planning at the house. So this one dude completely gets away, scot-free, no issues whatsoever. Like they still don't even know who he is. And uh, 
So when they asked Beto where the money was, he said, you know, when they arrested me, I got a big knock on my head. I can't remember. (laughs) It's like, you smooth son of a bitch. So uh, reading through the the interview, this guy's like, yeah, I met up with him. I interviewed Beto afterwards. The thing is, these guys only served like five years and they took millions of dollars. One dude, he lucked out and uh, because he wasn't Argentinian, he was like, okay, uh, I'll leave the country and I'm not allowed to come back in and then I'll only serve like four years over here. And they're like, okay, cool. So that's what he (laughs) did. And he's meeting up with this dude and the guy's all, oh yeah, like uh, explaining his story. Oh, I'm the only one with the the most true account. And uh, as soon as the tab comes for the food, uh, the reporter grabs his stuff and he's like, oh, hey, here, I'll pay for it. And he goes, no, 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 no. This is on the bank. This is on Rio de Janeiro. (laughs) He pays for it with stolen money. And they're like, you son of a bitch. Like, God, they probably just it was the one thing. Oh, I'm sure, dude. And as soon as they got out, they just went and got it back. And because at that long, at that point, it's not hot anymore. Well, yeah, like, it, it's at beyond, that point, it's beyond can... the statute of limitations. So he can't he can't be tried for it a second time. Oh, yeah, he's already been tried yeah. for it. But at the same time, like when money is stolen, you can't just go out and start spending. People look in your accounts. People, you know, oh, you're being yeah. tracked and all that stuff. And the money is hot, especially with like stolen goods like jewelry and stuff. If there's been, you know, $8 million worth of jewelry stolen and then suddenly you go to a jewelry buyer and say, hey, I have $8 million worth of jewelry. You know, there's some issues they're with like, that. Uh, but after five years. You get this? Yeah, after five years, they're not going to do anything Yeah, about just it. go to one of those cash for gold places and get ripped off. <laughs> right? Yeah. So perfectly executed. Like reading through it, I was like, these guys, they've got it figured out. Never tell your wife. Never tell your wife, you know. Never tell your wife. Especially if you're cheating on her, dude. Like, oh, if yeah. you're cheating on your wife and you're fucking, like, committing the worst crime. Well, well, not the worst crime, no, but, like, not, in her eyes. like You're committing yeah, a huge crime. You're committi- committing a huge crime. That's also, you know, involving her. <laughs> yeah. She's going to throw you under the bus when she figures out that you've been cheating on her. Yeah, like, easily. Idiot. Of course. Oh, man. Oh, you know... They wouldn't have gotten caught if they didn't bank on a different plan. Like this guy, Thomas Blood. Oh Were no! Were you done? I was just yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was finished. Yeah, you're good. All right. So this is 1671. Thomas Blood is an Irish assassin. Oh, I like where this is going. He decided. I need to steal the Declaration of Independence. No, he didn't. In 1600s, yeah, yeah, he needed the Declaration. No, he figured he would steal the British equivalent, which is the crown jewels. Mm. The British crown jewels. God, this just sounds like a fucking... We should have called this the Pink Panther episode. (laughs) Or the the Nick Cage. Oh, God. The Nick Cage-a-thon. Nick (laughs) Cage-a-thon. Nick Cage fanboys. That's what our podcast should have been named. We can rebrand. We'll yeah, rebrand. We'll rebrand. We're changing our name as of now. So these crown jewels were held in the Tower Tower of London, and obviously they were extremely well guarded. Like dozens of armed men, and there was this dude named, I don't know, 
Edward something. Edward uh, Talbot Edwards. There we go. Talbot Edwards. He was the keeper of the jewels. He sounds like the type of guy that would keep the jewels. I think so. I think he would. Like when you meet a Talbot Edwards, you're like, I already know what you do. You have jewels? He goes, "Mm, I've been watching the jewels for years. Shut up, Talbot. Talbot. (laughs) Towel butt. That's what you sound like, towel butt. Yeah. So he he came up with this. This one is actually a good plan. The okay. last one it wasn't. All right. This guy hired a prostitute okay. to pretend to be his wife. Well, I mean, no offense, but that's mistake number one. Just hear me out. All right. Then I think it was it was one of his bros. He was like, hey, pretend to be my nephew. <laughs> and he said, you got it. Where are we going? <laughs> Tower of London, bitch. <laughs> So he he creates he makes himself a fake like royalty title, like oh I'm the Earl of so and so, kind of thing. I'm the Earl Assassin of Ireland. <laughs> and they convinced over weeks that his nephew would marry Talbot Edwards' daughter, and it was like a political marriage. <laughs> the fuck. They convinced oh, him that they were royalty and that he wanted to marry his daughter. So, therefore, you would then become royalty, keeper of the jewels. <laughs> that would elevate your status. God, the fucking scam artist of the century. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> he, uh, Yeah, so they finally convinced him, oh, since we're going to be married together, we need to figure out dowry and like uh, oh, finances. And God, what do we what get for genius. this? What do you get for this? And what are you we would just like me? to, yeah. now that we got all that figured out, we'd just like to take a look at those jewels. We've heard they're marvelous. <laughs> I need to take that, that quote out of context. We need to take a look at those jewels. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What so, about those jewels? What about there? those jewels? <laughs> it's pressure points. <laughs> So, yeah, he got a private viewing with the prostitute. <laughs> he got and a nephew. private viewing of the jewels. Of oh, the jewels with just Talbot. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I don't see why not. So immediately they knocked his ass out. They got the jewels and they broke them with mallets. What? To put them in their pants. Oh, no. To hide them. So they shattered oh, all, no. all of these you know, world-renowned gems. Just, they're like, how do we make these way less valuable? Let's <laughs> smash them. Well, at that point, it's even if it's a part of the crown jewels, they'd make more money. You sell one crown jewel, you get a lot of money. You say, how would you like to own a part of the X crown jewels? (laughs) You get way more. I guess that's fair, yeah. I don't know. That's my theory as to why they did. That makes sense. But yeah, they smashed the crap out of them, put them in their pants, (laughs) and as they were escaping, the guards were like, why is that royal family booking it out of here like a bat out of hell oh no let's tackle them off their horses so they did they <laughs> were like they the guards rode their horses up to them and then tackled them off. oh shit and they all three got caught and i'm pretty sure the the prostitute and the the other guy were were executed publicly but the main guy thomas blood it's like a 1600s action movie he man. was pardoned by king charles ii because King Charles was so amused by the whole affair. <laughs> what a what a rich piece of shit. Yeah. You've ruined these. I found this amusing. Oh, I'm going to kill your you. two friends, but what you're allowed to live and retire dick. back to Ireland for the rest of your life. <laughs> God. Oh, no. I love it. Yeah, it's great. I thought that was a great heist that everybody ended up being happy. I like it. 
Uh, I've actually got one that also has to do with jewels. So. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, in 1964, at the Museum of Natural History, the three very famous jewels were stolen. Which three? The Orchid Red DeLong Star Ruby, which was the world's most perfect ruby, and that was 100 carats. Now, mind you, when you think about, like, carats, think of one carat is that's a big-ass diamond ring. A hundred carat ruby. That's. I have no idea what the carat actually. I have, means. I have is no idea. Weight? I think it's the size. I have no idea. We're going by size. Fuck it. We're going with size. I'm googling it. You keep going. Though. Okay. So, uh, they got the orchid red DeLong star ruby, the milky blue star of India, which was the world's biggest sapphire, which is 536 carats, which is fucking like if it's size, that's a big ass. Sapphire. Purplish blue midnight star was the other one, which was the world's largest black sapphire, and that one was 116 carats. Uh, at the time, it was like they valued their heist at uh, $400,000, which in 2020 is $3 million in stones. So I found something. Yeah. So a carrot is an orange vegetable that grows in the ground. I think so it's a much. root vegetable. It was 536 of those carrots. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> no, it's a, a carrot is a unit of mass equal to 200 milligrams. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's a big-ass gem. Yeah, really, though. That's... Fuck. Jesus. So, uh, like I said, it was equal to $3 million by today's standards. And the director of the museum found out that they had been they'd been had uh, the next day when he was having a tooth pulled. <laughs> Wait, how does that connect? <laughs> so he's having his teeth pulled, and he gets a call, and oh, they're okay. they're like, "Hey, uh, somebody stole four hundred thousand dollars worth of gems," and he's like, "What?" Because they had this big exhibit up on the fourth floor. And so he rushes out of there and they're like, oh, shit. Like, we don't know what to do. They do this whole investigation. Come to find out the guy's head. So it was these three surfer boys from Miami. I was going to say from Cali. Yeah, no, not from oh. Cali, from Miami. These Cali boys don't go too crazy. Miami boys, however. Yes. When they're, like, junked out on cocaine. I was going to say the coke and meth makes them go crazy. <laughs> I don't know about in the 60s, but mm, we'll go with, yeah, yeah the coke. Um, so these three dudes from Miami went up to New York City, and they planned this whole heist. Now, they had climbed up the fire escape, and let's see. They used a rope uh, by the fourth floor window, and they all climbed up to it. They used a glass cutter on the window, climb in, they go down to the exhibit, and they used duct tape and a glass cutter. So they would tape around where they were going to cut, and then they'd, like, cut it but keep it in place with duct tape. Mm -hmm. And then they used a squeegee to reach them and pull them in, like, the gems into a bag and just, like, scoop them into this bag, and they got the hell out of there. Uh Damn, yeah. that's like classic heist tools. Yeah, right. So um, all of them, all of them got caught because they were just—I mean, they were from Miami. They were fucking idiots. I was gonna say, were they gloating? <laughs> they were. No, it was. 
uh, they were trying to find someone that could buy them. And they were probably walking down the street saying, hey, do you know anybody who can buy three of the rarest gems in the world? <laughs> uh, do you know anybody that would buy the Orchid Red DeLong Star Ruby? <laughs> I hear it's the world's most perfect ruby, and it's uh, 100 carats. Just like hypothetically. I don't know what a carrot is, but <laughs> it's probably a lot, right? It's good for my eyes. <laughs> so uh, the investigator said reached out and they were like, oh, yeah, we know it's these guys. I don't know how they discovered it was these dudes. But they, they probably were like, just weren't We know it's Kanye you. Now. We're going to set you on bail for like a thousand bucks. And these these dudes get off easily because I'm assuming they took more than just those little, those three gems. They probably scooped a shit ton of other ones that weren't as valuable. huge. Yeah. Um, and so they pay their bail really fast, but New York was also trying them. So they go up to New York and- in New York, they were like, well, actually, your bail here is set to $10,000. And they're like, shit. And so I got to sell them, some of these gems. All of them fucking fessed up to it. <laughs> better, than, better than spending oh, 10 God. grand. But yeah, they got all of their, they got all like the big gems back. And they put them back on display, but behind like double pane glass and with security and everything. I was like, you fucking idiot. Could have prevented it was all me. Of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have ten thousand dollars. I haven't sold these gems yet. If we what? confess, they won't make us give it back, right? <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I can pay your ten thousand dollar bail, but I just need to sell, sell these gems. What gems? What gems? <laughs> gems. I don't Who said know gems? Who said that? Are you trying to oh, frame me? God, <laughs> this is entrapment. <laughs> well. This one, everybody loves a good art heist. Ooh, yeah. You know, it's romantic. Oh, There's something, it's not about the money. It's about the art and the hundred million dollars or whatever. <laughs> and the hundred million dollar piece of art. Yeah. So this is Vincenzo per Peragia. Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> every every week. I'm telling you, Bill Jones is going to be the next episode. Sometime. Everybody's going to be Bill Jones from here on out. <laughs> At least the guy two weeks ago was named Paul. That's true. That was easy. Say his last name, though. Ogorzo. Ogorzo. <laughs> so, yeah, Vincenzo. I'm going to call him that. He. This was 1911. He was really angry that Napoleon stole and appropriated a bunch of Italian art, and they just kind of kept it in France at the, at the Louvre. The Louvre. <laughs> God. So, <laughs> I love this dude. He literally, so he was a, a security guard for the Louvre. He just walked up to the Mona Lisa, threw cloth over it, <laughs> and carried it out the front door. What? Like, nobody stopped him. Nobody like, asked. Nothing. Like, nothing. Like, he just threw cloth over it and walked out the door. Oh, my God. What the hell? It was lost for two years. What? Before somebody found it in a chest with a false bottom. Oh and they were able God. to link it back in just like they just found it in an attic somewhere. That's amazing. Like, I love Why that. the fuck is this here? And they're like, oh, there used to be a dude who rented this place and <laughs> he left it there for some reason. Like he never tried to make money on it from what we can tell. He's just like, I'm tired of this being hoard to millions <laughs> of people. He he served six months what the in fuck? prison 
and he was revered as a hero upon his return to Italy. <laughs> Artists like, are yeah. so weird, man. Like, I feel like they would just – Da Vinci would be like, you know what? I'm glad that my painting was stolen. You're like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> I love God. it. Here we go. 2007. This one happened in China. I tried to go all across the world. Oh, that's fair. A manager of a bank in China stole $26,000 with the help of two security guards. He oh. So he managed the bank. He was in on it with the guards. They basically just let him walk him out. That's not the cool heist part. <laughs> wow. And that's it. That's all that's that happened the in the end. He then spent all 26K on lottery tickets. <laughs> he figured, no, I'll buy enough lottery tickets that my chance of winning is really, really good. And I'll at least have enough money to pay the bank back before we get caught. <laughs> and he did. He won the lottery? He didn't win like the jackpot, but he won enough to pay back the bank, pay off the two dudes, <laughs> oh and pocket God. a bunch. Oh, no. Yeah, so it worked. So he's like, this is great. Yeah. He, he returned to the bank. Nobody knew. Nobody noticed the difference. He covered for it. Like, it was perfect. There was a headline I read like a couple days ago that this guy stole $10,000 from his girlfriend and he bet it all on like a horse, essentially. And then. The horse won. He made like three hundred and seventeen thousand dollars, and he paid her back the ten grand. And she goes, "Uh, you need to pay me th- like thirty thousand dollars." And he was like, "Oh hell no!" It's like, "What the?" Oh, fuck? I think I saw something about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I gave you the money back that I stole. I don't have to pay you interest on it, bitch. <laughs> She's like, "Uh, what you won back? You wouldn't have gotten that without my ten k." <laughs> I wouldn't have told her that I yeah. that I bet it. <laughs> I would have been, yeah, sorry, right? I don't know why I took this. She's just bad. like, why did you take $10,000 from me and now you're taking me out to a nice steak dinner? He's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bonus. <laughs> so, so he would have he would have gotten away with it. If it weren't for those, for those meddling kids, kids and that damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, tried it again, but this time he took out $4.3 million. Oh, no. And figured, I got away with it with 26K or 28K. What a, 26K. What I'm definitely going to get away with it with $4.3 million. Yeah, because when you buy $4.3 million worth of lottery tickets, it kind of raises a red flag. A little bit. Seven Doesn't matter how many 7-Elevens you go to. 7-Eleven is going to take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> he did make some money back. He made $12,700 back <laughs> after spending all that money. No. And he was caught did and he, he was executed. Did he spend all $4.3 million As far as they can tickets? tell. They, they weren't able to recover anything oh except for that 12000 If there's anything you want. take away from this episode, other than the easiest way to build wealth, yes, gambling is a serious problem and you should not get into it. Unless you do it with less than a million dollars, then you're Unless fine. you're counting cards. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. that That one I thought was just fantastic. Oh, he could have stopped no, and been fine. Have. <laughs> so I've got, I think I've got one more. Oh, let me, let me check. Yeah, hit me with it. I love it. Yeah, one more. This was a great concept. I like these ones where we kind of, where we both have the the little short stories, the the interesting and unusual death layout. (laughs) Yeah, right. God. So this was Sunday, September 2nd in 2018, the year of our Lord. Oh, pure gold. This was the perfect heist. This was? This one was- Not Argentina. No, this one- Beats that one okay. nine times out of ten. Does it beat James? Because James did the perfect heist on that newsstand. I think this beats James. Oh, all right. He, this guy, 
God has disguised together, put on a baseball cap and some sunglasses. Makes you invisible to cameras. Yeah, it really does. He paced in front of an e-cigarette store for almost an hour to confirm that there was only one employee in there. He kept pacing and staring through the windows. <laughs> They've already called the police. Yeah, there's a guy with a baseball cap and sunglasses that looks really suspicious. I have him on camera right now. He pulled out a gun, a long-barreled pistol. Oh, I think I know this one. And But he pulled it out. Well, he, he approached the cashier, pulled out the gun, and he like picked it up really weird, like with his fingertips, not all the way in his hand, like, like he was gross <laughs> and was pointing it like that when it slipped out of his hand over the counter and to the feet of the cashier. Oh, God. The cashier gently bent down to pick it up, and he ran to the door, <laughs> kicked it open, and as he kicked it, his pants fell to his ankles, and he tripped and ate shit. I feel like I've seen video footage of this. Probably. Probably. It's God. it's wonderful. So he ate shit and slid away and like got out. I don't think they ever caught him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And the gun was was fake. So like... <laughs> Fucking idiot. There was an, I was reading an interview from the cashier, and it was like, yeah, it was really weird. He was holding that gun like he'd never held one before, and he was acting really weird like... It was obvious he was going to rob me, but I wasn't worried. Our policy is just to go with them. And this store opened the day before. We only had $100 in the in the register. Like, it wasn't a big deal. It was fine. Oh, it's because this guy, he, he was one of the vaping bros, dude. Yeah, he wanted the he juice. Was, he was all talk. He'd never held a gun before. He wanted the Aegis. <laughs> Got to go vape your Aegis. Yeah, he couldn't afford a jewel at 7-Eleven, so he, <sighs> need, he needed to rob the Aegis. <laughs> The e-cig store. Have you seen the video of the guy that he tries to break a, I, I don't know if it's like a plexiglass window or something, but he throws a cinder block at it and it comes back and hits him in the head. Yes. And he got like, I don't think he got brain damage, but he got like a concussion Yeah. and was just immediately KO'd on the floor. Like, you fucking idiot. I saw one where it was a dude who was limbering up outside of the store that he was about to rob. Like he was stretching, doing some light Pilates, getting ready. Like, uh, just, so great. Nothing suspicious here. Yep, just, just limbering, limbering up. up. For no reason. God. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Jesus. But so, yeah, moral of the story is, be like the Argentinians. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fuck Smoke it up. Smoke a bunch of weed and really plan this yeah. out with an engineer. Yeah, exactly that. Also... I'm not an engineer, but I'm the last person they would suspect to do engineering type jobs. I like it. I don't have any degrees. So untraceable, cash only, or Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, oh, you heard my. it here first. So, you know, uh, message us. Let us know your how you gained more wealth this week. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your heist and we yes. promise we won't turn you in for a reward. Definitely. You probably won't <laughs> be worth the reward anyway. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to our podcast, you're yeah. definitely not. You don't have any. You probably yet. have more money than us. It's very true. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure. We've got a couple links in there. If you're looking for merch, then by all means, click on our follow our link in Instagram and check us out, man. Like like we said, we'll probably have a handful of. Uh, like promos going on we'll we'll feed out those codes and then hop on that email list so we can get you some some goodies that's where you get the best codes that's where you get the best codes the breast codes the breast codes all right well thanks for tuning in this week we'll catch you guys next monday